we've been in the real definition of what it means to walk in love. And we've been living here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, we're going to pick up here on verse number 7. And I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation, and then we'll look at it in the Amplified. It says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Verse number 7 in the Amplified Bible says this, Love bears up anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Now let's just break this, this down. Because I'll just be honest with you, I don't care what kind of gifting you have, what kind of call you have, what kind of anointing you have, if you can't walk in love, you're useless to the body of Christ. Useless. So we're going to break this down this morning, and I want you to look at this. Love bears up anything and everything that comes. Another translation says it never fails. Never gives up. Love never gives up because it believes the best about everyone. Let's just look at the word bears all things. That word actually means to endure without divulging to the world that it's under distress. Oh my goodness. When you're having a hard time with somebody else and you got to let somebody else know... That's not bearing up under all things. I mean, we used to have people. Now, if anybody else grew up in Pentecostal church, I grew up in a, oh, I mean, a real Pentecostal church, old-fashioned Pentecostal church. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, the women wore their hairs in the buns, and every man in the church wore a black suit and a black skinny tie and horn-rimmed glasses and not the cool Ray-Ban-looking ones, the old ones. And that was the way, you just, you never wore shorts in the sanctuary. You, you just, mm-mm. And, and, and people would get up and start, you know, we'd have testimony service and people would hijack the service, you know, because they'd get to preaching and testi testifying so long. But almost always, and I'll see if anybody else grew up this way, in their testimony, they wanted to tell you how, the, first of all, the devil was chasing them down. The devil's trying to get rid of them. The devil's trying to take them out. The devil's trying to do this. The devil trying. And then they get on to who in their life is getting on. They'd never tell them. You know, 99% of the time, they'd never tell you who it was, even though they were looking at the person th three rows ahead of them. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Beam in a, the, <laughs> their, their eyes are like burning holes into the person's head in front of them. And, you know, people are just like, a, you know Pray for grace for me because they're just like a thorn in my side. These people just don't know how to treat me. And they're just trying to take advantage of me. And they're just doing this to me. And they're just doing that. And they don't say who it is, but they're looking at them the whole time. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And maybe if you didn't grow up in church, but you, you work with somebody like this. 
And they want to tell you everything under the sun uh, that, that that person that is sitting in the, in the cubicle next to them is doing to you, doing to them. Oh, help me, Jesus, put up with them. Listen, to bear all things and to really walk in the love of God the way God is calling us to, it actually means to do, it, do that. And to put, listen, it doesn't tell you that people aren't going to rub you the wrong way. In fact, it's going to tell you this, they rub you the wrong way. What does that mean? That means that when they rub you the wrong way, you don't have to run out and tell everybody what, how they're rubbing you the wrong way. And, Lord, you better pray today. Uh, I like what John Olstein said. Y'all know who Joel is. John was his dad, and uh, John was the, is the real reason Lakewood Church is what it is. When he died, that thing was at twelve or 13,000 people, a little struggling church, just barely getting by. And, uh, and when Joel took over, it, 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 it exploded, had already a big platform. But Joel said this, if you don't like the way the cat's being rubbed, turn the cat around. Now, let's break that phrase down for a second. If you don't like the way the cat's being rubbed, anybody in here got cats? Now, now, pet a cat the wrong way and watch what happens. They, they, <laughs> they will do one of two things. They'll get mad at you and leave, or they're not smart enough to figure out that your hand isn't stuck in this motion. They will turn around in your lap so that your hand will stroke their fur the right way. Anybody ever have that happen? And you pet a cat the wrong way, rub, rubbing the fur the wrong way, they'll move in your lap if they like you. If they don't like you, they'll just leave. They think your hand's stuck that way. They'll just keep, they'll turn around to where you're going that way. And that's what John was saying. If you don't like the way the cat's being rubbed, turn the cat around. Listen, it literally means to hold fast like a watertight vessel. Meaning this, we can literally float along on the bad things that people are doing to us if we continue to love them. Meaning this. When people treat you bad and make you mad and get you so upset, if you walk in love towards them, it'll actually pick you up and carry you along, and, and that'll be the vehicle God uses to move you to the next phase in your life. You mean the way somebody treats you, when somebody treats you bad, that can actually promote you in life? Well, if you handle it the right way, it sure can. People do things wrong to you. People make you upset. People just, just get your goat. If you walk in love towards them, it, you are, that is like being a watertight vessel on a water with current. And it will move you right along. Now how can that be? How can we be moving along when somebody treats us bad? Because I'll be honest with you, when somebody treats you bad, how many immediately, immediately go to, well, this is going to hurt me. This is going to move me back. I'm losing out. Nobody's taking care of me. Why am I having to pay when they're the ones doing things wrong? This is what we're talking about. It is not loving them the way humans love each other. It's loving people the way God loves us. Which means this. Don't confuse loving somebody with how you feel today. Now, we have married folk in here. Praise the Lord. We have engaged folk in here. Praise the Lord. We have people that we're praying for in here. Praise. 
But now, all the married and engaged folks would probably identify with this. Um, today may be one of those great days that you when, you when you put your hand down, her hand just fell right into it, just almost like accidentally, but it just happened. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you just, you look at each other and you're just googly-eyed and, and everything's great and wonderful and, and your heart feels fuzzy and, and you feel funny and, and you just, oh. But then tomorrow, you may wake up and go, it's Monday. <laughs> oh. Don't even think about kissing me. I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> and you don't feel like being all lovey-dovey and r rose petals and unicorns. Now, if you have been there, you know what I'm talking about. Because you don't feel as in love today as you did then. Maybe when you come home and you had a stressful day and they want to talk. How was your day? Fine. Now, this isn't in my notes. This is going to be extra. All right, put this, put this, put this, this is extra. All right, you all, you, anybody ever heard the study that, that men have 300 words that they like to speak in a day? Um, excuse, excuse me, 600, 600 words. Women have 1,100. 1,100,000. <laughs> but listen, we go to, men will go to work, work all day long and, and, and do their thing, and, and they come home and they have one word left. And they walk in the door, and, 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 the, and the wife, is she might have been at work, and, and she may have been home with the kids or whatever, but she's only used about half because she's used about the same amount that the man has. And, and so they get home, and, and she's ready to talk five or six hours, and, and, and he's got one word left and usually gets used up as soon as he walks in the door. Hey, honey, how was your day? Fine. Now leave me alone. I'm going to the man cave. I'm going to go sort out the world's problems and look at the floor, and just leave me alone. That causes all kinds of feelings in our life, doesn't it? But that's human love. And we can't base our love walk. God's calling us to love each other by the way we feel. There's been plenty of times that, you know, in, in the 15 years Jody and I have been married, we didn't feel like we did the day we stood in front of God and Pastor Wilkerson, and, and we stood there and said, I do, and, and, and it, was just, it was a fairy tale coming true that day. We, didn't, we don't feel that way every day. But we love each other deeper than that. It's, it's greater than that. That's, that's why... I can have my bad days and she can have her bad days and we don't decide to go file. <laughs> it's not loving people the way humans love. You'll feel all kinds of range of emotions in human love. God's love is always ready to better someone else no matter what they have done. Love will always believe the best of everyone. It unsuspiciously believes all that is not palpably or obviously false. 
Now, that's a big statement there. That's straight out of a commentary. But let me just let me break it down for you. Love will believe the best of everyone unsuspiciously believing, not just like, okay, well, I believe it, but I don't really. Anybody ever something, and you kind of go, yeah, okay, all right, sure, yeah. And then and as soon as you got to somebody you could really trust, I don't believe them for one second. I just know they're going to stab me in the back. I just know they're going to take, take this out on me. I know they are. Love will always unsuspiciously believe, now watch this, all that is not obviously false. Meaning this, if it's not obvious, I'm going to believe the best until I know something else. And let me just tell you something, knowing doesn't always come from your inward intuition. There's a lot of people blaming their inward intuition on the fact that they don't want to discipline their mind and not think that. I told you all this is going to be a rough one. Until I know otherwise, I'm going to believe the best. Well, well, the Lord already told us. Why would the Lord tell you somebody else's business? That is none of yours. You don't know what's going on in their life. And until I know that, I'm called by the Lord. Come on, somebody better catch this. To believe the best. And and Listen, even the stuff that's not obviously false, stuff that may even lean in that direction, something that may even kind of look like it could be this. I'm still called to not believe what it could be uh, until I know what it is. Y'all better catch this because this is important. It hopes what is good of another when others have ceased hoping. Say it again. My wife's even saying, say it again. Have you stopped hoping? Okay, good. (laughs) It hopes what is good of another, even when others have ceased to hope. All that it can it will believe all that it can with a good conscience and will believe it to the credit of another person this is what the love of god does it's amazing to me how many people are ready to give up on somebody else especially other christians giving up on other christians friends that's not what we're called to do and i don't care what kind of what kind of calling, what kind of knowing, what kind of, of, of prayer life you had, you are not called to give up on other Christians especially. This definition that I just read to you is that we believe the best in other people. We believe in the good in them even when it's not obvious. We will believe the good until we know otherwise. We don't go and jump on that old assumption bandwagon. 
Well, it looks like, and it appears to be, and watch this one. In my experience, it's always been. That's not what love does. We don't lean towards believing the bad in people because, well, when I had other people do that, I, that automatically meant this. Well, last time I checked, that was another person, and they're this person. So until I know something else, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt for the good instead of always that they meant things to be the worst. Anybody ever know somebody that's just trying to get something on anybody? everybody they meet? I just need to get something on somebody. And they may not say it that way, but they're always collecting information, and it's like they're filing it, and you can see them filing it away because they know as soon as they get hurt, they can pull that out and make themselves feel justified. It's like they, they go and, and, and gain ammunition by believing the worst so when the bad time comes, they can go, I knew it. You might know what I'm talking about. Well, I always knew there was something I didn't like about that person. <laughs> They'll go and seek counsel with other gossipers who will go and add to what they think, which is just basically adding gasoline to their fire. Let me just drop a little something on you. What if God did that to you? Every time you did something that could be misconstrued as something adamantly against the word. What if you didn't mean it, but it looks like it could be? What if he treated you and sized you up the way you size other people up? What if that happened? I'll tell you what would happen. We would all be a small greasy spot in the universe right now. God is ever ready to believe the best about you even when you do things that shows how bad you are. God still believes we are capable of doing better. And I'll just be honest with you, your flesh will never want to do this. If you're, but if you're always believing the worst about people that you come in contact with, people that you work with, people that you go to church with, people that you have in your family, you are not. Listen to me loud and clear and put this, if you're taking notes, write it in all caps. If you are constantly looking for the bad and believing the bad, you are not being spiritual. You are actually being overly fleshly and carnal. When someone else starts talking, and, and, and you hear somebody else talking, but they don't really know anything about what somebody else has done, you need to be the person that refuses to believe it until it's proven otherwise. And it ought to break apart when your beliefs are disproven. We should never get some kind of crazy satisfaction because they actually went in the way that we wanted to think they were. Well, I knew it. See, I told you. No, it ought to break your heart and get you on your knees to pray them out of that mess. 
well, they did that and they deserve it. Well, yeah, so did we. And we're not in hell right now, are we? We deserved it. But we're not in hell. If you choose to get on that bandwagon before everything else is coming out to light, just so you can say you knew it, I want to say this to you. You are hindering your walk with God. When we criticize, gossip, spread our flesh-driven thoughts uh, all around to everybody else, to other people, about other people, we don't believe the best about those people, we're contributing to somebody else's downfall in some way, shape, or form, and thus sowing seeds for it to happen to us. If you contribute to somebody else's downfall, guaranteed somebody else is going to contribute to yours. And if, the go, if, the, if we want to claim the sowing and reaping thing for our finances, you better be ready to claim it for this too. Because if you go and contribute to somebody else's downfall by gossiping and spreading a bunch of lies about them, let me tell you something, you'll reap that sum, come on now, 30, 60, and 100 fold too. Y'all not ready to jump on that one and be like, oh, yes, I claim that one. It doesn't matter. That one's going to happen. It's the law of sowing and reaping. We need to sow the right seeds. When people do things that could be taken one of two ways and you don't know anything, you better choose to take the high road and choose to take the best road and choose to believe the best. Why? Because that's what God does with you. Let's wrap this section up today. 13.8. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Let me read it to you out amplified. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine... Uh, the divine will and purpose, it'll be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it'll pass away. It will lose its value and be uh, superseded by truth. Love never fails. It is impossible to act this way towards everybody you know and have this attitude towards people and not have a tremendous godly harvest of anointing, gifting, blessing, and fruit in your life. It is impossible to sow love to somebody and not get more anointed. I don't care how bad they treat you. If you sow love to them, you'll get, it, you'll, you'll get more anointing. I don't care how bad somebody does it. If you sow love into them, you'll get fruit abounding back into your life if you somebody does something horrible to you or somebody does something great to you if you sow love into them you'll get more gifting back into your life you'll get more love back into your life some of you might be sitting there thinking well that's how suckers are born brent <laughs> go ahead and be that way you're a sucker <laughs> listen to me I'm not a sucker if I love people regardless of how they treat me. I'm blessed. 
you may go and earn all you have, and you may be able to stand up and say, look what I did for myself. But I'll be able to stand up higher and say, look what God did for me. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching right there. I'll be able to raise my hands and say, good for you. Look what God did for me. I'm not a sucker. Why? Because I'm sowing something that never fails. What we sow into in our human desires, our human emotions, our human efforts, it will fail eventually. But love never fails. It means this. It never, it never is to be out of use. It always holds a place. The word fail means to never function anymore. Even when we know the worst, we can still believe the best is going to happen for that person, and it will eventually. When we go and believe that, it will happen for us. Why? Because God honors and rewards that. Let me say this, and I said this early on in the, in the series, and, and I want to I wrap up today by saying this. You are in charge of the harvest that comes into your life. Now, that doesn't mean everything that comes into your life is, is something that you were believing for. But if it stays, then yeah, that's it. That's on you. When bad things come, you don't have, that's a weed. You can chop that right out of the harvest. If I'm harvesting corn and, and I go and, and start digging and I start digging up a bunch of weeds in there, I'm not going to put the, the, the weeds in with the corn into the combine and, 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 and try and eat the weeds. I'm going to throw those things out. Why? Because I'm in charge of that harvest. So are you. This is why love never fails. If you continue to sow it, it will never fail and it'll always bring about the harvest that you want. It is the one surefire way to have the life spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally that you want is to sow the guaranteed seeds of love because they'll always bring more of God, come on, into your life. Why? Because God is love. Now tell me you still love me because that was hard. Heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm done. Lord, thank you for our...